630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. 630 Chad. Well, the All-Star break doesn't slow down the Minnesota Wild. They continue their amazing run, now having won 22 of their last 26 games. Three of those wins during that span have been over the Edmonton Oilers, including tonight's result at Rogers Place. The Wild winning at 5-2. Tyler Gravak scoring twice. The Oilers falling behind 3-0 and unable to rally as uh, the Oilers, who had been 7-0-1 in their previous eight, suffer their first regulation loss in three weeks. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown here as well. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Center. You can reach us by calling 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. And Rob, we were curious going into this game to see the Wild play uh, again and uh, see their depth, see the tempo they were able to play with. And uh, for the most part, almost the entire part, <laughs> they use that. Uh, to their advantage, and we're in control of the contest. They were. This is a much different Minnesota Wild team than we've seen in the past. It's an up-tempo team. They use their speed. They're very good on the four-check. They're deep. Four lines that, that apparently can score as three goals came off their fourth line tonight. Uh, good goaltending. Uh, the one thing you notice that if there's a, a turnover, they are quick to transition. If it's a turnover in the defense, in Minnesota's defensive zone, they're quickly getting in the forward's hands. If it's in the neutral zone, quickly back up to the forwards and try and catch you on the break. And when it's in the offensive zone, they attack the net. They don't get the turnover and then take the puck out wide and try to find something. They get the puck and attack, and if something opens up, good. If not, then, they, then they'll then they peel off and try and find something different. Uh, they are a well-coached team that came in here and they got uh, the jump on the others, and the others were chasing. And when you chase a good team, you rarely catch them, and that's what happened tonight. Uh, I mean, a, a rough night for for the Oilers overall. Certainly, I, I know uh, you know Chris Russell's gonna gonna take some criticism tonight. He winds up minus four. Sekera, Maroon minus three. Drysaddle minus three. Pouliot minus three. There are minuses all over the board. I I don't know if uh, those players who took minuses were necessarily that much uh, more inefficient uh, than anybody else. But uh, you know, just just a rough game. I, I was I was I just rewatched the Wild second goal. You know, Koivu passed that. It wasn't Russell that dropped it in front of his own net. Koivu got an assist on the play, the one that was long. Right, the, the one at the but, end of but the period. Dry, but Dreisaitl and Russell are standing there looking at each other, and neither guy plays the puck. And Koivu just says, okay, I'll throw it in front of the net with four seconds left and see what happens. There, there was miscommunication a number of times in the game tonight, and, and that was one of them. And when there was miscommunication, it was a big one. It wasn't... Uh, some minor thing, oh, we can just cover this up. It was big ones. The, the mistakes that the Oilers made were huge. They were ones that turned out to be great goal-scoring chances going the other way. And it, it's a, a great teaching game for the Oilers that when you play good teams, you can't get away with big mistakes. You can get away with them against the Arizona Coyotes. You can get away with them against the Colorado Avalanche. But when you play the Minnesota Wild, if you play the Chicago Blackhawks, Teams like that, you can't be, make the big mistake, and they did that tonight over and over again. So it, it was not a great game for the Oilers. Uh, fortunately for the Oilers, they have 
given themselves a nice, nice cushion over the last little while, but they got a rebound. And their, their next game, uh, Thursday, they're going to have to be much better than they were tonight. Just looking at the official stat sheet here, the Oilers charged with 21 giveaways and the Wild with 11 takeaways. So right there, that's 32 turnovers. <laughs> Whether you want to say the Oilers gave it away or the Wild took it away, 32 turnovers. So you're right. That, that's going to have to be better on uh, Thursday, and that'll be the adjustment of the game looking ahead for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. <laughs> Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 5-2. Minnesota takes it tonight in convincing fashion at Rogers Place. 780-496-0063. And for the second game in a row, I believe, we have uh, Rocket as the first caller to the show. Hey, Rocket, go ahead. Hey, boys, how you doing? Hey, Rocket, do we have you? Yeah, I'm here. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Okay. We're doing good. I can't hear him, so we'll have to get our engineer. Can you hear me now? What do you got to talk about tonight, Rocket? I just wanted to say, uh, you know what? I I play defense, so I'm not going to be as hard on uh, Chris Russell as uh, probably the rest of your callers are going to be. But uh, you know what? When when the Oilers in the early '80s were always taught, you know, you go off the boards high, off the glass, and out of the zone. And where Russell tried to do that was in the middle of the the ice and the hash marks. You know, kind of, kind of between the pipes on the on the far side there when he when he tried to flip that, and then of course you're thinking, don't flip it right out because you're going to get a two minute minor for delay a game, and then of course what you end up doing is halfway in between like a golf shot, and it got knocked down by Granlin. So that that's just like a, a mental mistake, and I, I just don't think they were on their game tonight and, and they will be the next game whether it was you know attributed to whatever you want to attribute it to this is a uh, not not the best uh, game this team has played and certainly not the best one that that uh, you know will remember but there's going to be uh, they're going they're going to play uh, I think against Nashville you're going to see a much different hockey club well, I hope so. I mean, the, the Russell play, it's a tough one because you don't want to put it over the glass. But the players nowadays in the National Hockey League, their eye-hand coordination is so good, so good, that I'm not a huge fan of the saucer pass, especially in your own zone because guys are able to knock that down much easier. If, if you don't have to play up the boards off the glass, then rifle it. That one wasn't rifled. It gets knocked down. And the thing that compounded the, the problem for Russell there is the puck gets turned over, then he goes flying to his man. The, his man passes the puck, and then he loses his man. That's the guy that scores the goal. So I, I've been there. I, I've had games where it seems like everything goes wrong that can go wrong, and that's what happened tonight for Chris Russell. Uh, but the, the thing that we've seen with him this year, he's been fairly consistent, and I have no doubt that we're going to see a much better Chris Russell in the next hockey game. Hey, I'm back. Hey, thank goodness. We missed you. <laughs> Sounded like a good call. Rocket's usually good. It was I didn't very, get to very hear good. him. I did. He'll have to call inside sports tomorrow so I can talk to him. 5-2, uh, the Oilers lose. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. The Oilers have to be the team that scores five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page or six, on 630Ched.com. And then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three spots in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. The goal scores for the Oilers. Uh, Adam Larson now gets credit for... 
their first goal of the game at 11.08. Leon Dreisaitl gets his 20th also in the second period. That was on the power play. Big bonus kicks into Dreisaitl's contract uh, in the neighborhood of $212,000 for hitting 20 on the season. Not bad. Did you ever have bonuses uh, in yeah, your contracts? Um, yes, I did, but none of my bonuses were 200000 That was, I think, my first two years combined in the NHL was less than $200,000. Well, it was a different era. But you it, paved the way for these guys, I Rob did. Brown. I did. They have you to thank. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure there'll be a check and a thank you card in the mail at some point. All right, we'll go back to the phones, and I, I think I'll be able to hear Alex. I hope so anyway. Alex, go ahead. Hello. All right, go ahead. How are you doing, guys? Doing well. Good. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say about tonight's game. Uh, you know what? Well, Russell, he's got he's to hear the uh, negative comments. I've, I've liked him for most of this year, but... I got to tell you, folks, it was like watching Nick Heaton and and, uh, and Schultz combined, you know, and uh, I didn't want to ever see that on the hockey team again. But uh, it's just one game, and he'll get a lot better, that's for sure. But you know what? This team, uh, that top line has to lead by example, and that wasn't there tonight. <clears throat> you know, those guys have got to come back a little bit deeper and start, uh, you know, getting their nose in the game and their head in the game. That wasn't there tonight. And uh, for the most part, I didn't see a lot of the Oilers finding, you know, I saw the Minnesota Wild, you know, cycle that buck down low, and uh, you know, all you could see was the Oilers just sort of filling them up on their backside, you know, along the boards. And I was wondering when someone was actually <clears throat> going to take charge and crunch one of these guys or two, right, and get nasty, get in their grill, and I didn't see that at all. You know, that compete, that uh, it wasn't there. It was not even close to what it should be. And, you know, so that's what i got to say about that. But, uh the one thing I'd like to ask you guys about that third-line center, I'd like to see some size there, uh, too, because I don't – going forward, that small center, uh, I don't know about games like this. You know, I don't. it's not going to be in there. So, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm a little bit upset because i really looking forward to having a better effort tonight against this team because I really do think Edmonton can stack up to Minnesota. So, this compete just wasn't there tonight. Well, yeah, you're Hello? right. It, it wasn't a good night for the Edmonton Oilers. And every once in a while, they're going to lay an egg. And tonight, that was it. Uh, the Minnesota Wild came in uh, playing well. And they continued tonight. Is They're a good hockey club. And the Oilers, uh, they went on the road and beat two good teams in Anaheim and, and San Jose. And maybe you get a little, uh, a little high on yourself. I don't know. But this wasn't the effort that we saw before the All-Star break. And the Oilers learned a lesson tonight in the in the way of a 5-2 loss here on home ice. Yeah, I mean, I think he was asking about Drake Kajula at third-line center. We'll, we'll see if that's a possible add at uh, near the trade deadline or whether it's a – I mean, you and I have talked about Martin Hansel. Rob, we'll see. I think a lot of teams would be in, in, <laughs> in play for his services because he's a big guy who can win a lot of face-offs for you. We'll see going ahead. We'll see long-term – if Jujar Kara winds up being a center in the NHL. But like you and I have said, I, I wouldn't expect any major changes to the roster between now and whenever the Oilers are, are eliminated. I'm sure he'll try to tweak at, at the trade deadline. But I think for the most part, this is the roster, and it's going to be figuring out how to best utilize them and, and how they do against some of the tougher matchups. And this was a tougher matchup tonight. And now, I know Alex wasn't wasn't saying this, but they didn't lose the game because of the third line set. No. They, they got beat all over the I ice. I mean, Kajula, I mean, I, I don't know if Kajula had a, a good or bad game. He wasn't really that noticeable out there. I mean, there were a lot of players that were much more noticeable in a negative way than Drake Kajula was out there tonight. Um, 
the, there's I. He says the size. I don't know if size is really a big difference. The others are a big team. So if you got a big team, you can have a small centerman. There's a very, there's a bunch of small centermen in the National Hockey League that are quite good and, and contribute on a nightly basis. Uh, at the trade deadline, will the Oilers look to tweak? Yes, they will. There, but there's going to be a number of teams that are looking to tweak, and I don't think the Oilers can afford to give away a whole lot for someone they're going to have for a month and a half. I just don't think it's smart, and I think a lot of teams in the past that have given up a ton have eventually fallen back over the next the next couple of years because they've given up first round draft picks for a player that no longer plays for them and in the end they got nothing out of it so uh, I don't put too much into this loss tonight to a good Minnesota team just like I didn't put too much into them winning in Anaheim and San Jose I'm sure the San Jose Sharks when they lost to the Oilers on home ice didn't say oh my god what's wrong with our team now or the Anaheim Ducks they didn't say the same thing it's one game anything can happen in a one game set I look at the whole body of work and over the last month, the Oilers have been excellent. Now they got to continue that, and they've got some tough road games up ahead, up ahead, and we'll see how they rebound from tonight. 5-2, the Wild win it. Let's go downstairs for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Uh, Todd, was it something that Minnesota did tonight or too many self-inflicted wounds by your own guys? You got the answer right there. It was... Um catastrophic mistakes uh, often just by individuals that that really caused us problems but you know we were we were flat we didn't execute well we weren't good around our net they were the better team got what we deserved Chris Russell was uh, pretty hard on himself after this one uh, he's been very good for you this year but that wasn't the Chris Russell you've seen this year I suspect I think that's a very fair assessment, and self-evaluation is important. He's not fooling himself, so give him credit for uh, for manning up. Um, he wasn't the only one. So if we have a group that will take ownership of their individual games tomorrow when we come to practice and we're able to dissect the game, we have a chance to get better. If we have a, uh, some individuals that are going to try and bury it under the, the carpet, if you will, um, then we got work to do. But... Uh, Chris Russell wasn't the only one that had a tough night. You uh, you moved Maroon off that top line. Is is that spot back up for grabs, or was it just trying to get something going? Trying to get something going, and I didn't think he had legs at all. Todd, you were a little concerned about that, and just coming off a break, albeit a brief one, when some guys don't have it, and you said you wanted to stick with them a little bit longer just because of that break. Uh, what do you look forward to then moving forward? Because your team hasn't had a game like that where, you know, catastrophic mistakes, time and time. We'll come to the rink tomorrow, and we'll, uh, it's been a while since we've had to review that type of, of outing. So it'll be good for us. It'll be uh, it'll be an honest morning. We'll we'll have a video session with the players. We'll have a good crisp practice. Uh, you know, we'll give other we'll give the the team and the players a chance again. It was a it was an awful night on our behalf, but we'll reload and um, it's going to get tougher. But we're going to reload. There's no panic right now. Um, you know, if we have uh, a night of performances like that again in uh, where are we going next, Nashville. Uh, then it'll be disappointing because it's it'll start to build. But uh, we have a chance to recover and, and get better tomorrow in practice. All right, some measured comments there from Todd McClellan as the Oilers fall 5-2 to the Minnesota Wild. 
You'll hear that Chris Russell interview as we move along. Greg is up next on the phone lines. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Miko Koivu, dish right circle, and what a stop made on Jason Zucker. Point blank by Cam Talbot, now a centering pass Zucker. This line has been deadly the last 20 games. Zucker, Koivu, and Mikhail Granlund. Well, Camp, uh, Camp Talbot did make some good saves tonight, even though he was pulled after allowing four goals on 19 shots. That's the save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Talbot takes the loss. Laurent Brassois replaced him. He makes 15 saves on 16 shots. Not nearly enough for the Oilers tonight. They were beaten all over the ice, and the Wild win it 5-2. 780-496-0063. We have Greg on the line. Hello, Greg. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. I just want to say first off, I don't think um, a lot of those goals were were Talbot's fault, but um, that's not what I called in for today. Um, I actually have a question for you guys. Um, so you know how everybody's saying you know protect Maroon and uh, you know possibly expose Davidson to um, you know the expansion draft because of how well Benning's playing. But um, so my question for you is, Davidson in his first year played really well. Um, this year, he I know injuries and, and stuff like that. You know, he's taking a little bit of a step back. But what's to say that Benning next year doesn't take a step back as well? And, you know, they say there's that 400-game mark with the defensemen before they, they establish themselves. So, so yes, Benning's looking better than Davidson this year, but is, is there not that worry that maybe next year uh, Benning will take that step back? And would you still rather keep Benning than Davidson? Well, you can keep Benning for sure because you don't have to protect him at all. He's exempt. Um, I, I think Benning has, quite frankly, more of an all-round game. I think he has more offensive instincts, and he's younger. But uh, to me, it's not between Benning and, and Davidson. It's between Davidson and Maroon. And Maroon, No, but he's saying... But he's saying would, the reason they're not protecting Davidson is because of what Benning has done. That's, I don't think that's the case at all. I think they have to make a choice. They're only allowed three defensemen. Davidson if isn't they go in there. That way, yeah, yeah Davidson's not good enough to be in the three that are going to be protected. So now you got to, if you're protecting, Maroon's a much better hockey player. He's more important to the team than Davidson is. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Benning has any influence on that decision. Well, he's just worried that what if Benning takes a step back yeah. and you need Davidson to fill in there next but, year. But it won't be Benning filling in for Davidson. It'll be Darnell Nurse. Yeah, Mills. but to me, it, I, I don't think they're even looking at the fact that Benning is there. I think they're looking at the fact that we've got, we're going to do it this way because we want to protect a Maroon, and he's more important to this team going forward than a Davidson is. I mean, hopefully Davidson doesn't get picked up. You never know. Just because he's left unprotected doesn't right. mean that's the player that they're going to take. We're making assumptions, yeah. and there's a, there's a lot to play out, obviously. The Wild win at 5-2. Rough night for Chris Russell. He's minus four. His comments for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Safe to say, Chris, frustrating night. Yeah, it was embarrassing, especially on my part. You've been a steady defenseman most of the season. Uh, not tonight any reason why what happens. No excuses, that wasn't good enough. Was there anything they were doing? They, they seem to be a fast team that poor checks hard. Yeah, they're a good team. I just wasn't ready. Um, got a whole battle out skated, so I don't know what else to tell you. Is it one of those nights where you know one thing goes wrong and it's just kind of tough to get back on track? Yeah, but I've been in the league long enough. I should have figured it out. And they're a team that buries it 
a mistake against the wild is usually pretty costly, I think. Yeah, mistakes in this league cost you. Just made too many. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Read that's Chris Russell. And Ulrich work in the Oilers dressing room, and uh, I thought the best comment in there was uh, he's been in the league a long time, and he should have he should have figured it out. He'll have a chance to bounce back on Thursday when the Oilers play Nashville. We got room on the open line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll get some comments from the Minnesota Wild as well. Again, they have won twenty two of their last twenty six games. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Here comes the news and weather. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Minnesota Wild 5, Edmonton Oilers 2. The Wild win again. The Oilers fall to 28-16-8. and eight. On the season, Larson and Dreisaitl with second period goals for the Oilers, but it was already 3-0 for Minnesota by the time they got on the board. It was 4-2 Minnesota after two. The Oilers did have a little bit of life. Darcy Kemper shot the puck over the glass early in the third period. The Oilers went back to the power play. Chris Stewart served the penalty rob, comes out of the box, gets a two-on-one and beats Laurent Brassois. Well, it was a, it was a great play by Stewart coming out of the box and he gets the puck on his stick and he froze Brassois and he he sold past the entire way down Brassois bit and then he fired the puck five hole the place I keep telling telling you you got to keep <laughs> shooting five hole that's where you want to score on a goaltender uh, Brassois uh, he he got a little antsy he should have trusted his defenseman to take the pass away uh, and I mean his legs were open and he was starting to go the other way because he thought Stewart was passing so uh, Brassois didn't trust his defenseman, but an even better play by Chris Stewart selling the fact that he was passing and putting it in the one spot that Brassois was not able to save it. All right, we'll get back to the phone lines in a second here. We have Todd standing by to finish the play, but let's go to the wild dressing room for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's their head coach, Bruce Boudreaux. Come on to the All-Star break and you keep your All-Star goaltender on the bench. And What a performance by Darcy Kemper to get your team that confidence early. Yeah, no, he played great. I thought it was his best game of the year. He uh, controlled rebounds, and uh, uh, that, that was, that's been sort of like a little bit of a problem in the past when, he, when he's not when having a rough night but tonight he, he controlled them really well and caught pucks and and uh, settled things down for us when we needed them settling down the confidence your team shows away from home this is not the norm in this league but 12 0 and 2 in your last 14 don't tell anybody but i mean uh yeah it's uh, they've got a lot of confidence and uh, they come out and they play hard and um and when you do that and you get timely timely goals i mean uh I, I, you know like stewie's goal the, the fifth goal coming out of the box timely goal the fourth goal right after or the third goal right after they score to make it you know two to one or, or one of those goals i mean those are timely goals and important goals so it, it works bruce how have you uh, kept mcdavid on the score sheet all all season i'm not saying <laughs> No, I mean, you know, it's been uh, it's been fortunate that for us that uh, he hasn't had his best games against us. But I mean, uh, at one point, one game he's going to break out. You know that. Took all your fourth line tonight. Yeah, I mean, the fourth line, you know, did uh, they got three goals, and uh, that's what's making our team go. Is is if one line isn't really uh, doing that well, there's other lines that are going to come in and score, and that's why we scored quite a few goals. 
Zach's been working awfully hard. How good did it feel to see him get rewarded? I was really happy. You know, I mean, he has chances and chances. They're not going in, and I know it must be getting frustrating for him. And then he got a nice goal and, and the winner at that, I think. Uh, so it was good for him. Is this as good as your forecheck's been all Yeah, I mean, I thought in the first period, it, uh, I thought our, our play was really good, and we really frustrated them. They, they might have had 13 shots, but, I mean, I think uh, um, a lot of them were from outside or from uh, uh, the perimeter. Uh, I thought we were really good in the first period. Swept the season series against the Oilers. Fair to say you have some confidence heading into these games? No, you know, I mean, no more than uh, when you only play a team three, three times, it's, and two of them are in overtime. I mean, it's it's not like you're going in there thinking you're going to you're gonna whoop them all the time. There's very close games. I mean, if we happen to play them again, I don't think they're going to feel that they, they can't beat us, that's for sure. Bruce Boudreaux, the winning coach tonight, Minnesota 5, Edmonton 2, the final damage here at Rogers Place. He was praising the play of goaltender Darcy Kemper, who's the first star tonight with 41 saves. Grayovac, the second star, Tyler Grayovac, the second star for the Minnesota Wild. He had two goals, and Adam Larson is selected as the third star Tonight, Rob and I give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I, I thought Anton Slapashev had a strong game for the Oilers. There weren't a lot of players up front that were noticeable, but I thought Slapashev, I mean, we thought he scored the goal. He ended up getting an assist on it, but just driving to the net, uh, using his strength down low, being physical. Uh, the there was a couple times, like, he, he went hard to the net once, knocked the goalie over another time, and then back-checking the one time. Can't remember who it was that uh, the forward for the Wild absolutely smoked him into the net, took out Talbot, I think it was Talbot at that point, too. So, Slepeshev, to me, was the four-star for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, look, starting to look a little more confident, especially, mm -hmm. I think, with his puck control down low, which is good to see. All right, we have Todd on the line tonight. Hey, Todd, you're going to finish the play, but first give us uh, your thought on the game tonight. Hey guys, how are you? I love the show. I'll try to get on as much as I can after I go watch the game. A couple comments and a couple questions. Um, the first, the very first uh, shift of the game, I thought the Oilers brought it to Darcy Kemper, had some good opportunities, and then uh, there was some breakdowns, I think, by the Wild right off the bat, and they adjusted so quickly. They just took over the game. Having four defenders on the blue line confused the Oilers, I think, right off the bat, and from there they just kind of controlled the game. Um, and I found that very interesting how they just control it with those four defenders. I, I haven't seen that from the Wild before because it was more of an open game, and I was just wondering if that was something that they meant to do right off the bat just to shut down that big line and not have that speed come through the neutral zone. They did it so effectively. That's my first question. And then my second question was, I mean, obviously uh, Maroon didn't have a great game tonight. He was flat. They pulled him off the first line. I thought Lucic responded. Probably the strongest game I've seen him play offensively in a while. Didn't contribute other than the assist. Couldn't get the shot off quick enough. But I'm wondering if that's something that they're going to do next game. And they sent a message, I think, to Maroon. Third question, why did they pull uh, Talbot? Um, I'm not sure what the message was for sure. I thought a couple of goals were weaker scrambles, but the one wasn't his fault for sure. Is that a message that they're sending to Talbot, to the team? It was a questionable call because Talbot doesn't give up that shorthanded goal on the, on the side there. Like, he won't cheat, so it's a different game, in my opinion. Um, the, re the reason they pulled Talbot is the same reason that coaching staff changed the lines. He tried to give the team a spark. Uh, simple as that. It wasn't. He wasn't sending a message to Talbot. 
if anything, he's sending a message to his team saying, well, we have to pull our, our star player because you guys are not doing enough in front of him. So you guys should be, this should be a wake-up call to you guys because Talbot right now is paying the price for the way the team's playing in front of him. And also could be pulling him, saying, you know what, this game will give, get Persuian and then maybe save Talbot a little bit and he can play back-to-back -back in the back-to-back -back games coming up. So it had nothing right. to do with Talbot's play is why they, why they pulled him tonight. Yeah, I mean, it changed the dynamic of the game for about five minutes. They responded with a goal, and then from there, they just controlled uh, the team, you know, especially in the neutral zone with those four guys up top, very aggressive up top. And Minnesota, kind of an impressive game from the wild. Really. Yeah, Minnesota, they're a good hockey club. I mean, this is they're, they're battling to be the top team in the National Hockey League right now. So yeah, this isn't a surprise that they came in and played as well as they did. As for the neutral zone play, teams watch video. They know what Connor McDavid does when he gets speed. So every time he's on the ice, their their whole objective is to take away his speed. Do not let him wheel through the neutral zone because he's so creative and so dangerous. So every team that plays against the Oilers is going to do that when he's on the ice. I thought the the Minnesota Wild, the way they play, is they're a team that they they force the turnover and then they're quick in transition. And whether it's in their own zone, neutral zone, wherever. And they were able to do that enough tonight because the Oilers kept turning the puck over. So the, the, the yeah. way the game went was be, the way the game went sour for the Oilers is because the Oilers had very poor puck maintenance tonight. All right, Todd, we're going to finish the play with you, buddy. You can qualify for the grand prize draw. $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here is the clue. Larson, the club bomb, a strike to Lucic on the left-hand side. To the net with a wrister, bobbled by Kemper. Juicy rebound, shot! All right, that is a first-period scoring opportunity for Anton Slepeshev. Goal or no goal? Goal. Larson, the club bomb, a strike to Lucic on the left-hand side. To the net with a wrister, bobbled by Kemper. Juicy rebound, shot! Slepeshev and a save made by Kemper. First uh, period, the Oilers did not have a goal tonight. Todd, we uh, can't put you in the uh, grand prize draw tonight, but we always appreciate when you call the uh, Wild score both first period goals, and they go on to beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-2. All right, we have Justin up next on the phone lines. We'll get to him in a minute. You'll also hear from the winning goaltender, Darcy Kemper, and from Oilers defenseman Oscar Kleffbaum as we roll along. It's 10:45. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Minnesota Wild have won their last eight visits to Edmonton. Six of them at Rexall Place, the last two this year at Rogers Place. Tonight they pull away from Edmonton and win at 5-2. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 10:49. along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Always good to have you. Listening to the show and calling the show, as Justin has done, to 780-496-0063. Hey, Justin. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Justin. Hey, how's it going? Good. I was wondering, do you guys think if the Oilers win the division, do you think uh, Todd McClellan deserves some consideration for the Jack Adams? Uh, yes, I, I think he probably might get some anyway, even if they finish in the top 10 in the NHL, because moving up 20 or so spots in the standings is pretty significant. Yeah. But I think John Tortorella and, quite frankly, Bruce Boudreau are the front runners. Yeah, totally I agree mean, with I, that. I, I honestly, I, I think Tom McClellan, what he's done here, is more, more impressive 
than what has happened in Columbus. I really do. From where this team was to where it is right now, I think this is a more impressive story. I mean, there's still another, what, 30 games to go, so I guess a lot could happen between now and then, but I think he's certainly in the consideration as he's done a masterful job here this year. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and I also got another question. Uh, say Connor signs for the maximum, is it eight years right yep. now? Yep. Uh, do you think, guys think he, if he wins a couple cups here, do you think he'll stay here? Or, like, will he be an oiler for life? How does that well, work? Are they free agents after that eight years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now he's in the second year of a, of a three-year entry-level contract, and then he'll get an eight-year contract after that. So he'll be an oiler. Barring something, inc- yeah. barring something incredibly unusual happening, he'll be an oiler for the first 11 years of, of his career. So I, it's difficult for me to guess what happens be- beyond that. I would certainly think when he's 29, he'll still be a pretty good player and hopefully would, would want to stay in Edmonton. Thanks, Justin. Let's go down to the uh, Oilers dressing room here and check in with defenseman Oscar Clefbaum. they just really, really solid team all over, I think. They, they really buy on, on their game plan right now, and they have some really big success right now, and they play good. we got to give them credit, but like I said, uh, we've got to find a way to be more consistent on this. Is that one of those games you guys aren't going to worry about too much? I mean, you guys have been playing good hockey. Your first regulation loss in nine games, I mean, it's tough. You're back from the break, but yeah. how would you sum it up moving forward anyway? No, exactly. No, I mean, played really good hockey down in Cali, and, and even in Calgary, we played some really good hockey, but like I said before, I mean, these are the games we got to be more consistent. I mean, this is, this is a team that's going to be in the playoff for sure. I mean, they play really good hockey and they have some really good players in their team and, and some success right now. So, I mean, we got to find a way to play better hockey. Um, even if we don't win the game, we got to find a way to play better because right now they, they just find a way to win way too easy and it's not good enough. So one of the games where you feel bad for Cam Talbot, the way he's played for you guys of late? Yeah, I mean, he's been... He's been really good all over, and I mean, he's been winning a lot of games for us. So everybody has a has a bad night um, a couple times this season. So we got to stick up for him for sure. Thanks. Read that, Oscar Clefbaum. All right, thanks, Brendan. Uh, Oscar uh, Clefbaum saying, yeah, pretty much a tough night for everyone. The Wild controlled this game and win at five two. As we look at your advantage trailer rental scoreboard, the Stars. Roll over the Maple Leafs 6-3. Dallas scored those six goals in the first 28 minutes of the game. The Kings edge the Coyotes 3-2. The Ducks blow out the Avalanche 5-1, so they pass the Oilers. So the Oilers are down to third in the Pacific. Blackhawks and Sharks 1-1 with four minutes left. The Islanders, who are doing a little better with Doug Waite behind the bench, beat Washington 3-2. The Blue Jackets a 6-4 win over the Rangers. Rob Brown willing the Penguins to a 4-2 decision over the Nashville Predators, who the Oilers will visit on uh, Thursday. The Hurricanes back in the win column. They had lost five in a row, 5-1 against the Flyers. Sebastian Ajo with a hat trick. Max Pacioretty hat trick for the Canadians as they beat Buffalo 5-2. New Jersey a 4-3 road win against Detroit. Boston edges Tampa Bay 4-3. The Panthers get a 6-5 win over the Ottawa Senators and uh, the Winnipeg Jets pull within a game of 500, 5-3 over the St. Louis Blues who are giving up 
uh, an unusual amount of goals given uh, their recent history in the National Hockey League. Their goaltending is not very good in St. Louis. It's been the Achilles heel every year at playoff time. This year it's been a big Achilles heel. They might, they might not get to playoff time the way things have been going there lately. All right, 780-496-0063. Let's bring in Pete to the show. Hello, Pete. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, Pete. Hi. <clears throat> I just want to say uh, I'm pretty excited about uh, Edmonton for backup goaltending. Um, the saw has been amazing. I think he'll find his feet under him and uh, learn to trust the goaltender for the defenseman. And McClellan is, has done an amazing job, evidenced by... Uh, the fact that guys are holding themselves accountable. But my question for you is, McDavid, do you think uh, he's a very selfless player and he's a great leader, but do you think he needs to shoot the puck more just to, just to get more points on the board for the team, or what's your take on that? Well, I mean, all, all great players um, want to, to make the players around them better, and that's what Connor McDavid is. Uh, there's times, yeah, he could probably shoot, but I must say... I, I'm going to go with his decision when he has the puck 99% of the time because he sees the game better than anyone else in the National Hockey League right now. So what he sees, I'm, I'm going to say, all right, go ahead, Connor, you go with it because his passing ability is just as good as his shooting ability. There's times that as he gets older, he'll probably start seeing things differently on the ice. He might shoot to create that way. Because every time he shoots, then it get, makes the defenseman or the goaltender uh, a little more honest. I think some players, some defensemen, some D-men, some goalies, they cheat thinking he's going to pass all the time. But I, I'm going to go with Connor's decision most times he has the puck on his stick because what he's shown is most of those times it's the right decision. His uh, point streak does end tonight after six games. Leon Dreisaitl extends his to seven games. He got his 20th goal of the season, and Booster Juice makes a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. All right, we uh, want to update you here at 11 with what's going on around the world and in the weather, and you'll still hear from the winning goal tender tonight. We thought we might be seeing Devin Dubnik, but Darcy Kemper gets the start and gets the win. That's when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. From the Terry Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. So after three convincing wins, the Oilers Suffer a lopsided loss, 5-2. Minnesota wins tonight at Rogers Place. And it's interesting, over those three games, the Oilers won against Calgary, Anaheim, and San Jose. Certainly some timely goals. Three early ones in Calgary comes to mind. Uh, a big goal by Drake Kajula in the third period against the Sharks. Well, tonight it, the tables are turned. I mean, Jason Zucker scores at 19.56 of the first period. Oilers had been outplayed but could have got out of the period down one nothing, instead they're down two nothing, and then the Oilers finally get a little bit of life with their first goal of the game in the second period that cut the margin to three one, and a minute thirty six later Minnesota scores and and they're back up four one, so they go on to win five two over the Oilers. Yeah, it was a night that the Oilers were chasing right from the very beginning. I think Bruce Boudreau talked about it in his talk with the reporters after the game that. You know, the Oilers had 13 shots in the first period, but they weren't dangerous shots. A lot of it was perimeter, 
and the Minnesota Wild had taken control of the game. Now, if the Oilers get out of the first period down just one nothing, you know they can feel not bad going into the to the intermission, having played a poor game and we're only one shot out of it. But the goal late in the first period to make it to nothing, and we've seen a number of those where the Oilers were benefactors of as of late that continued to change the complexion of games. Well, tonight it did for the Oilers as Minnesota scored the goal, and from then on the Oilers were chasing and they could never catch them. I just want to talk about another moment in the game, and it happened with 3:11 left. So the game was 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 over. Certainly in a tight game, this would have been an interesting review. And the uh, there was a scramble in the crease. Brassois was looking for the puck. There, there were, I think, three Oilers and two Wild players basically in or right around the blue paint. All of a sudden, I didn't see the puck go in from where I'm sitting. I saw it on the replay, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden the ref's pointing. And then the back ref comes in, and he's kind of got his arms up in the air like, wait a minute, I was stopping the play. I wasn't sure. And then they talked, and then they announced that the goal is disallowed because there was a player in the crease. And that seemed incorrect to me because you can go into the crease if the puck puck is there first. And there was not any goaltender interference. I mean, Brassois was mostly jostled by by Sekra, who was trying to get the puck out of there. Then they announced Minnesota is challenging the play. I don't think they said for what. I didn't hear anything. And then they said, correction, Toronto is calling to check on this because they think it might have gone in off a hand. I don't, that's not, I think they might have said batted in, yeah. but they meant with a hand. And then I mean, then they, the NHL posts stuff right online about video reviews saying that uh, Jason Pominville, or sorry, Jason Pominville directed the puck into the net with his chest. Uh, so you can't do that. So <laughs> it ended up in no goal. Didn't have effect on the outcome, but that's how that sort of bumpily played out. Well, it's funny because I scored 49 goals one year in a season, and my 50th was disallowed because I pushed the puck in with my chest. So I think that's a stupid rule. <laughs> I don't think he pushed the puck. The puck might have hit him. I don't think he moved his body to put the puck in the net, nor do I think it should be a non-goal even if he did. Uh, it, it was a weird play because the back ref was calling player in the crease. And then all of a sudden it goes up Toronto. So I think what happened is the back ref called player in the tree, in the crease. I think that Bruce Boudreau was going to challenge that. Before he could challenge that, Toronto said, you know what, Bef- we're not even going to worry about the crease thing yet. We think it was pushed in with a, pe- with a hand or, or a body. Chest, yeah. So that... So once they announced that, well, then Bruce Boudreaux, there was nothing he could really challenge anymore because Toronto said it wasn't going to be a goal. Well, and the coach can't challenge for player in the crease. He can challenge for goalie interference. And those are actually two different things, right? Because sometimes you can be ruled in the crease. Hey, well, you can argue. It's not, yeah, but I mean, I mean well, it's I don't, not, know. I don't it's, understand it's, the rule. It's, it's splitting hairs. But anyway, it didn't count. And, and the rule is apparent goals shall be disallowed when the puck has been directed, batted, or thrown into the net. Obviously, that's an extreme, <laughs> that's a pretty easy one. Uh, or thrown into the net by an attacking player other than with a stick. Uh, I don't think he did any of those. I thought it should have been a good I thought goal. he just skated into the puck. I, I agree. But I didn't think he turned his chest or anything. But, I mean, 5-2, two, 6-2 two at that point, uh, it wasn't a, wasn't a big difference. No, I, I but I, I respect the coach challenging because a oh, player, absolutely. Yeah, and a player deserve, I mean if the goal a, a guy deserves a goal if he deserves a goal so I, I like the fact that he was going to challenge it but yeah I mean it, it meant nothing 
it just allowed a lot of people to no, get out I, of the arena. No, no, and I, I don't fault the challenge, yeah, whether yeah. it's whether 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 it's the Wild or, or the league, because that's that's why they have it in place. I just yep. mean whether or not it, it would have counted at that point wasn't wasn't a huge deal. Anyway, that's I just wanted to go through that because some people might be scratching their heads about it. I don't know if we actually solved it. No, <laughs> but it was because he directed in with his with his chest. That's why they finally waved it off. Darcy Kemper, good night for net uh, in net for him for the Wild goaltender. Here are his comments for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool, I guess. Uh, just. What? Uh, yeah. That that better or the assist? Uh, yeah, I heard that was my first. I didn't know that, but uh, uh, it would have been nicer if I passed one up for a breakaway or something. I, <laughs> I just kind of uh, got a lucky touch on it, and uh, Zuck made a nice play and Stewie made a nice shot, so I'll take it. You also outscored Connor McDavid in the three-game series Minnesota this year. Uh, you know, I think that's just a testament to uh, our team uh, doing a great job when he's on the ice, uh, recognizing where he is and, and staying above him and, and trying to make it as hard as possible for him. Personally, how much do you need a game like this? Uh, it, it's been kind of funny because I've uh, felt good, especially lately, and, uh, you know, just sometimes the, the result hasn't been there. So, uh, you know, it was nice to uh, to feel good in there and uh, keep the score down. So, uh, uh, you know, just got to keep working and uh, – and uh, the guys, uh, they made it pretty easy tonight. Great bad bounce on the first goal. There. Just how big was it to get the, the fourth one there and get the three-goal lead back? Yeah, whenever you can uh, can keep a cushion, uh, it makes the, the whole game a lot more comfortable. So obviously to respond like that was huge. All right, Darcy Kemper, 41 saves tonight. He gets uh, the victory for his career. He is now 4-1-1 and against the Edmonton Oilers. And I mentioned the Wild have won their last eight visits to uh, Edmonton. The Oilers are, are going to practice here tomorrow, Rob, and then fly to Nashville. Look, they, they were they were 7-0-1 in their last eight coming into this. I thought Todd McClellan phrased it pretty well. He said, you know, if we come out and we play a stinker in Nashville, then we worry about things creeping into the game. And, it would, you know, we always enjoy listening to Todd. You could tell he wasn't happy, mm-hmm. but he didn't seem as exasperated as he might have been at other points in the season. Well, I, I don't think you have to start ringing the emergency bell right now say, oh my God, the, the, the sky is falling. It, it was a bad game to a good team. Now, the importance of the game, where the Oilers stood and how they wanted to match themselves against the, the Minnesota Wild, well, y- y- you feel bad about that and disappointed that you didn't put forth a better effort. But to me, the Oilers weren't going to win every game the rest of the season. They, they just weren't. And uh, good teams have bad nights. And I believe that the Oilers are a good hockey club now. I don't think their, their record uh, would say anything differently. But this was not a good night. A number of individuals had off nights, and they weren't over, able to overcome that. Normally, Cam Talbot is able to bail them out. He's not able to tonight. So this is their what, first regulation, regulation loss in, what, eight games, nine games? Yeah, in three weeks to yeah. the day. So I, I, the, the, to me, there's no panic. I think you, you learn from it. Uh, I think it's important to have a good practice tomorrow, find your positive energy, and then go into a tough two-game set feeling good about yourselves, knowing that it was a one-off and you can get back on the winning track here on Thursday night. By the way, on Tuesdays this season, mm-hmm. the Oilers are one seven and two. Well, it's pretty simple. Isn't next that year, strange? next year you book concerts <laughs> every Tuesday night at Rogers <laughs> and tell the NHL that it's booked. 
San Jose did beat Chicago 3-1, so the Oilers now third in the Pacific Division with 64 points. The Ducks have 65, the Sharks have 66, and a game in hand on the Oilers and Anaheim. Let's go downstairs one more time. Here is Oilers winger Milan Lucic. Over 40 shots tonight, uh, physically the effort there. What about the mental side of it? How do you break that down? Well, I mean... Yeah, you can you can look at the 40 shots and and all that type of stuff that we did in the ozone. But when you're giving up that many point blank shots in front of the net, I don't care, you know, who what team you're playing or who you have in net. Uh, you know, uh, you're not going to win hockey games. And um, I mean, you look at the the first four goals. Um, you know, I mean, you can add up the distance of all the all, all the goals put together, and I don't think it goes from the goal line to the blue line. So, uh, and that's that's not on the goaltender. That's that's the five-man unit in the D zone, and that's where we weren't very good at all tonight. And against a team uh, like this, that's one of the best in the league. Uh, if you do that, you're you're going to get the result that you get. You guys have been playing very well lately, and is this uh, one of those typical wake-up calls that people say? Yeah, for sure. You hope that uh, you respond from it the right way. Uh, big three-game road trip coming up here. Uh, you know, a lot on the line. Uh, you know, for us as a team to keep things going in the right way, in the right direction. So, uh, uh, good bounce-back game for us uh, right away on Thursday. Read that, Milan Lucic. All right, that's Brendan Allwork working the Oilers dressing room tonight. The Oilers lose 5-2. They're still a better road team than they are at home. The Oilers' home record uh, now falls to 13-9-3 on the season. Most of their games in February will be away from home. They have a three-game road trip coming up. Then they have their bye week. Then they have a three-game homestand. And then to end off the month, a six-game road trip. So... 9 of 12 in February away from Rogers Place. We'll see how they are up to that test. And the next broadcast here on 6.30, Ched, Oilers at Nashville on Thursday. We have it for you, 4.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 6. I want to thank Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Ched, you've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. The Minnesota Wild have now won 22 of their last 26 games. They knock off the Edmonton Oilers 5-2. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reid Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.